We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing, together we sing Everyone sing Holy is the Lord, God Almighty The earth is filled Together we sing, together we sing, everyone sing, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. It's rising up. It's rising up. All around, it's the anthem of the Lord's renown. It's rising. Together we sing, together we sing, everyone sings, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory, holy is the Lord. Somebody make some noise for Jesus wherever you are this morning.
Give him a shout of praise. Good morning. It's good to see you here. We want to welcome you to Friendship North and Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad that you've chosen to gather in your living room or your den or, or your kitchen to watch this service and be a part of this service. And we want to invite you to actually do that, be a part of this service. We're so glad that you're here. A couple of things that I do want to make mention. Uh, of course, we're hopefully winding down our video-only uh, services, and hopefully very soon we'll start meeting in person again for corporate worship. And to be able to comply and do some of the things that uh, we need to do, we are going to add an additional service here at the North Campus. So as soon as we reconvene and start worshiping again in person, we'll have a 9.30 service and 11 o'clock service here in the Cross Key area on the corner of Whitty Mill and Easter Ferry. So keep that in mind. So when you start making your plans, maybe you would like to join us. And we want to invite you to come and be a part of what we're doing, linking arms together and making a difference in our community. So welcome. It is so good to have you this morning. Let's continue our worship this morning as we say together our affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back, I know you are near. And I will fear no evil, and I will fear no evil. For my God is with me. And if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? We're singing. You never let go through the calm and through the storm. Oh no, you never let go in every high and every low. No, you never let go, Lord, you never let go of me. And I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on. A glorious light beyond all compare And there will be an end to these troubles But until that day comes We'll live to know you here on the earth And I will fear no evil, I will fear no evil For what? For my God is with And if my God is with Shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? Come on. We're 
singing, oh no, you never let go through the calm and through the storm, oh no, you never let go in every high and every low, no, you never let go, Lord, you never let go of me. Yes, I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on there will be an end to these troubles but until that day comes still i will praise you still i will praise you yes i can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on there will be an end to these troubles but until that day comes still i will praise you still i will praise you yes singing oh no you never let go through the calm and through the storm oh no you never let go in every high and every low no you never
morning, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. We're going to be reading the Ten Commandments. And you say, well, what does the Ten Commandments have to do with Mother's Day? Well, I'm glad you asked, and I'm going to answer that for you in just a few minutes. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about Mother's Day. Today is Mother's Day, and it's a very special day for me in a lot of different aspects. You see, I get to honor my mother today, and... Uh, really just recognize how special that she is to me. Not only that, but I had the privilege of being born on Mother's Day because today is my birthday. And uh, it's a very special union that we have, my mother and myself, because we get to share this day on most years. Now, to make it a little bad about it is I also have a, a brother that is three years younger than I am, 
I'm the oldest of three, and so I had me, and then my other brother, he was born July the 10th, and my baby brother was also born on May the 10th as well. So all three of us share this day as we honor her and we celebrate our birth, and what an appropriate thing for a mother to celebrate Mother's Day on the day she birthed two children. So for that, I want to say Happy Mother's Day, Mother, and I hope you have a good one. I'll be talking to you a little later. Mother's Day, how is that important for us? Well, I thought we might give a little history about Mother's Day because some of you might not even know how it came to be. And I did a little research this week and, and looked it up. In the 16th century, uh, Mother's Day was a religious event. It wasn't called Mother's Day per se. It was called Mothering Sunday. Mothering Sunday was not about necessarily motherhood, but it was about churches that mothered or planted churches around the area. So on the fourth Sunday of Lent every year, uh, on Mothering Sunday, all the people uh, that went to churches from a mother church that planted these churches would go back to that one church and they would have a celebration. It was also in the middle of Lent, so it was kind of, uh, 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 it kind of levitated uh, uh, Lent a little bit because Lent kind of gets boring and, and sometimes laborious and, and we're giving up a lot of stuff. And it was a day of celebration and, and of feasting. By the dawn of the 20th century, though, it kind of waned out and, and it kind of died out. But a, a lady named Constance Penswick Smith, a vicar's daughter there in England, wanted to revive this tradition again. So she started the campaign, even set up an organization uh, trying to get this back into the rhythm of life. And again, Mother's Day was founded. But this time, it was more of a focus on motherhood. Now, in America, in 1908, there was this lady named Anna Jarvis, and she began to push for a Mother's Day in the United States as well. It wasn't linked to any religious day. It was basically because her mother, which was a great civil rights uh, advocate during the Civil War, uh, died, and, and she died in 1908 and, uh, at, and had a funeral service uh, remembering her, and uh, in a Methodist church. And when she got through, she thought that all mothers should be once a year honored in some sort of way, not just at a funeral. So she made this appeal to the legislation and kept pushing for a Mother's Day. And in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson officially signed the Mother's Day Act into existence. And so every year around the 10th of May, we celebrate Mother's Day to honor them. And you say, well, how is that really scriptural and should we take a whole service and be able to, and, and to do this, to honor our mothers? Well, I hope to prove to you through scripture today that this is an appropriate and a good thing to do. If we go and look into Exodus chapter 20, uh, we'll see there listed the Ten Commandments. And I don't know about you, but I don't read the Ten Commandments a lot. I kind of know them, but I don't read them. But I think it's a good exercise every now and then to go back and revisit the Ten Commandments. So let's read this together. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 2. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image of any likeness, anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath 
or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commands. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. These are the Ten Commands in which was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Open our hearts and minds this morning to understand and to receive your spirit, your enlightenment, and your truth. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to go back to verse 12 in that scripture, uh, the command that says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, this is often said to be the first command with promise. Even though the first command where it says, Thou shalt not have no other gods before me, it does say that if you honor God and you follow God and you accept God, that there will be mercy and favor shown to you. And that is somewhat of an ambiguous promise, but it's a promise as well. But this is a physical promise that defines what that promise is going to live out, and that your days will be long upon the land that your God is giving you. And that's a pretty neat thing. So is it appropriate for us to take a Sunday and to honor our mothers in the light and in the illumination of who they're created and why they're created and who they're created for? And the answer, I believe, is answered in this command when it says, honor your father and honor your mother. And we want to honor them today. So to talk a little bit about motherhood, there's actually about three or four things that I want to talk about, three in particular, about the attitude or the position of which mothers holds and how we're to look at that. And, and I think Scripture has some uh, secrets for us there that will help us understand that. The first thing about motherhood is to understand this, that motherhood is ordained by God. It's ordained by God. And how it's ordained by God is that God created man and woman, and he gave them each a job and a responsibility. Mainly in Genesis 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother. Everybody say mother. 
mother of all the living. It's an office that God ordained. It's an office that he created, Adam appointed, and recognized. He recognized what God had placed in order, that Eve would be the mother of all living. Motherhood is ordained of God. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what motherhood is, because a lot of people think that motherhood is just giving birth. And giving birth is just one aspect of how the motherhood arrives. Because being a mother, yes, you are nurturing the child as you carry it and stuff, but when the baby arrives is when a lot of true motherhood really begins. And there's a lot of women that are not able to have children. But yet, I would pose to you, they probably possess some of the greatest mothering skills and have mothered more children than anybody I know. So motherhood is an office of God for the nurture and raising and the giving of birth of children and replenishing the world and populating the world and also of nurturing and taking care of the world. Because I don't know where I would be without a mother. Not only a mother that birthed me, but the many of mothers that spoke into my life and helped me along the way, which leads me to the second point. Motherhood is not just giving birth, but is nurturing life. It's not just giving birth, but nurturing life. John 19, 26 and 27 says, when Jesus saw his mother there, he was on the cross now, he's being crucified. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom a disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple, which we know to be John, took her into his home. She became his mom, and she and he her son. You see, motherhood is not just giving birth, but it's about nurturing life. It's, it's about that support system. It's about understanding the process of how we grow, mature, and we understand things. When I was growing up, I had a teacher. Uh, her name was Miss Elsie Mills. She was my second grade teacher, and she had no children. But she had lots of children. I was one in that class of, of about, uh, I'd say 17 or 18 that was in that class. And uh, she had a handful with us because we were just country boys and, and gals and, and we loved to be into mischief all the time. And the neat thing about Miss Elsie is that she was also my dad's grade school teacher as well. And that was back in the day when corporal punishment was not only accepted, but it was widely used. And she could flat administer some discipline now. She had no problems with that. And when I was a kid, uh, you know, we had a, a standing rule that if you got in trouble at school and you got a spanking at school, uh, you got a spanking at home as well. And I remember that Miss Elsie kind of knew about this. And so at a parent-teacher's conference one day, she cornered my dad and she said, Jerry Dorning, I'm going to tell you something now. When I spank this child at school, I spank him good enough for you and me both. So when he comes home, there's no need for you to carry on what I've already took care of. So stop it. And the whole year when I was in the second grade, I no longer got a spanking when I got a spanking at school. I will have to admit, I was a 
professional when it came to discipline, uh, carrying it out. I mean, they, they got plenty of practice on me. And, but during that whole year, my second grade in Miss Elsie's class, I never got a spanking at home. But when I went to third grade, it changed again because I don't think he had the confidence in Miss Graham as much as he did Miss Elsie. But the fact of the matter is, she nurtured me in so many different ways. She challenged me in mathematics, and she challenged me in so many different ways in school, making it interesting for me to learn, making it interesting for me to grow, and, and made life not about having to get through it, but what I could experience in it. And it made all the difference in the world. I consider her uh, a very close mother-like figure to me in my life. See, motherhood is not just about giving birth again. It's about what you do after birth take place. That's the longest impression. And I want to challenge you, if you have a child, or if you don't have a child, but you have children around you, understand this. You're making an impact you don't have any idea how deep it goes and how proficient it will be. I will never forget Miss Elsie, and she will always be close and dear to me in my heart. Motherhood is not just birth, giving birth, but it's nurturing life. Thirdly, motherhood is not knowing all the answer, but it's discovery and it's process that brings us into wholeness with each other and with God. I remember... Uh, I was doing a little, my, my parents have been married nearly 60 years now, and I remember at their 50th wedding anniversary, uh, Mark Marcus was working with us on staff, and uh, he was from Channel 19, he was a sports anchor there for many years, and he had film experience and did a lot of different things, and I asked uh, Mark if he would go with me and us put together a little interview with my mom and dad, and uh, we would show it at their 50th uh, wedding anniversary celebration. And he agreed, and we went up and spent the afternoon with them one day. We sat out on the back porch, and we arranged the chairs. And it was one of the most educational processes with my parents I've ever gone through to understand what their thought process was when I was young. And, and I've discovered, but see, when I was growing up, I thought mom and dad had all the answers. They knew everything. And they were just all wise, all knowledgeable, knew exactly what to do in every kind of circumstance, in every situation. And for a child to feel that way is fantastic. But here's what I heard my mother that I thought was just amazing at understanding how to raise us and understand what to do. Here's what I heard her say. I asked her, I said, Mother, give us some wisdom about what to do in raising children's and how, uh, children and how do, how do you go by, uh, by it and stuff. And she looked straight into the camera and she said, I don't, I didn't have a clue. She said, I don't know if I have a clue now. I know that I was scared to death. I brought you home. You were my first child and I brought you home and I just prayed to God, God help me. I don't know what to do with this child that you have given me with. I don't know how to raise it. I don't know what the do's and the don'ts are. She said, you know, there's not a manual they give you with a child. It's, it's just, you have to figure this out. And I knew then, she said, that I would have to pray a lot. And I'm going to tell you, she must have prayed a lot because she did a fantastic job with myself and my brothers. You see, motherhood is not knowing all the answers, 
but it's about under, understanding discovery. It's about understanding the process. It's about understanding how to grow and nurture someone into what God is wanting them to be. I remember a good example of this, uh, you know, mother not knowing but really knowing, uh, in my opinion, exactly what to do. Uh, she was a seamstress. Back in the day, she sold all our clothes. And, you know, I thought I had it bad because I had tailor-made clothes and I got homemade biscuits and sausage and mustard that I carried to school for lunch. And I thought it was awful. But I wondered why everybody wanted my stuff, you know, and, and but we swapped out all the time because I got, you know, getting store-bought potato chips when I was a kid. Boy, that was something else. But I trade all my stuff for that because people, the kids that were bringing all that stuff, they wanted my sausage and biscuit. And I had tailor-made clothes, and my mother sewed. Not only did we run a farm, and she took care of the home and the house, but she also sewed for the public. So people would come in all the time, and she'd be him and do things. And as a kid, before we were old enough actually to go to the field, we would have to go with her to the material store. And in Federal, that's where I was raised in Federal, Tennessee, that was Sir's. And some of you might know Sir's because it was a famous store that got burnt down a long time ago if you sew and uh, are into textiles. But anyway, we would go to Sir's. We were three little old boys, and we didn't have anything to do. We were bored out of our gourd. I mean, we just walked around, oh, oh, this is awful. This is awful. And, and some of the ladies that knew mother, of course, and, and they knew us and loved us. And again, they were part of the mothering process. They, they would take us back in the back and they would give us material would come in these bolts that were about uh, 36 inches long and maybe about 10 or 12 inches wide. And they'd wrap the material on these cardboard bolts, as they were called. So she would give us some of these empty bolts, and we would take the bolts and go back in the back room and have sword fights. Whack! And we'd whack each other, and we would hit things and tear things up and do all kinds of stuff until finally Mother would hear us back in the back. Even though the ladies had given us permission, she would go back there, and she would say, Stephen Lewis! Of course, now, when she used my first and middle name, it was bad, Okay bad. And she'd be red-faced. What do you think y'all are doing? This is no way to act in a public place. Put that down and get over here. Wait till I get you home and I tell your dad. She was always passing the buck when it comes to spanking, though, to my dad. And I'm going to tell you, my dad is not the one you want to give you a spanking. So what we did and that point is she corrected our action. And then what we, it took our mind off of the plane. And now we all three got together in conference. We were good Methodists, even though we were raised in a Baptist church. We were good Methodists at the time because we were conferencing about how to get mother over this really rough spot she had with us. So Sirs had a basement, and in that basement they had towels and washcloths and all kinds of different things. So we decided to go down, because Mother loves material, you know, we thought. So she'd love any kind of towel or anything like that. So we'd go down to the basement, and we'd be looking all over the place at different towels and colors and all kinds of stuff. And the ladies would be helping us, what are you boys wanting? What are you doing? Well, we need a really pretty towel because Mama's really mad at us. And if we can buy a nice towel for her, then she might not be so mad. 
They said, okay. So they would get over there and help us. They would look through washcloths and towels and all kinds of different things. And we'd always find this perfect washcloth that cost a dime. And, of course, we didn't have a dime. So we had to go up to Mother and say, Mama, could we borrow a dime? And she says, what do you want a dime for? Well, we just need a dime. Could, Could we borrow a dime? And little did we know, behind us, there was a sales lady that was motioning to mother, it's okay, it's okay. So she would say, okay, I don't know what's going on, but it's okay. So she'd get in her purse and she'd get a dime. And she would give it to us. And we'd go down in the basement with this sales clerk and we would pick up that washcloth and we paid for it. And then the lady, the sales clerk would help us fold the washcloth put it in a little white, little, little tissue paper thing and put a box on it and put a bow on it. So we would go up and we couldn't wait till we got home. So we'd go up there and stand in front of her like this, you know, like kids. And she goes, what, what? We got something for you. Really? It says, and I'd pull it out and I said, mother, we're really, really sorry for our behavior. And we wanted to do something to make up for our lack of judgment. And I was a little kid now. And I said, so here's a gift for you. So she took that gift, she unwrapped it, and saw that little washcloth, and she goes, oh, this is so nice, so thoughtful, come here. And she would hug us and love on us, and we got back in the car, and we never heard about that again. It was gone. She had forgiven us, and it was washed clean. I tell that story Because, you see, she didn't have the answer, but she went with the flow. She made correction where correction was needed, and then she offered grace where grace was needed. And I think about that in my relationship with God. I think about how He nurtures me and how He needs to correct me sometimes and how I'm stepping out of bounds. I'm doing things not just destructively, but but yet I'm not paying attention and I'm not doing the right things and how He nudges me and uh, urges me and, 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 and kind of says, hey, and corrects me in different ways. And then how I come to him and offer worship and praise and glory and how he forgives me. It's just a beautiful illustration and example of God's grace and mercy that I've discovered through my mother and that story at Sirs. Psalms 127, 3 and 5 says this, no doubt about it. Children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a divine reward. The children born when one is young are like arrows in the hands of warriors. The person who feels its quiver full with them is truly happy. They won't be ashamed when arguing with their enemies in the gates. Children are a blessing. You might not have the answer, but working through the process, working in discovery, Growing in yourself as well as raising them and letting God grow in them will always be fruitful and always be rewarding. Please, don't lose hope. Hang in there. I'm very grateful that I had a mother who loved me unconditionally. I'm very grateful that I had a mother who loved God first and foremost because her prayers, like she said, she prayed and she prayed earnestly and she prayed often for wisdom and guidance to raise us boys. I think that is the key 
Prayer is the key for understanding. Prayer is the key for truth. Prayer is the key in communicating with the Father of the how-tos with children and being really open to go with the flow of what God is doing in these children's lives and in your own life as well. Don't get so caught up that you don't pay attention to your children. Don't get so caught up in the world and the pressures that the world gives you that you're not teaching and training your children and setting a proper example. Like one of the commandments says, and forsaking the assembling together of the saints. In other words, the Sabbath day is important. It's important for us to gather together. It's important for you to be watching right now, even in the privacy of your home with your children. It's important. Do the important things and let God dictate to you what the important things are, not the world. Today is a beautiful day. It's a wonderful day that we get to celebrate and we get to honor mothers in the illumination of the ordination of God, in the illumination of the wisdom of God, trusting in Him that He will help mothers and He'll help fathers too and families be what God wants them to be. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Don't get so frustrated, especially when kids seem to be driving you crazy. I know because I was a professional crazy driver kid. I was good at it. But be patient. Persevere. It'll work out. And they'll make you very proud. Scripture gives us some examples of how we're to honor. In Philippians 1.3, Paul is writing to the Philippian church and he says, I give thanks to my God, every time I remember you. When you remember your mom, give thanks to God. Proverbs 23, 25, it says, Let your father and mother have joy and let her who gave birth to you rejoice. Bring joy to their life. Children, honor your mom. Do what's right. Bring joy to their life. Bring gifts to her that would help her forget your transgressions and help her Understand that you're growing and you're learning and you're transforming into the man or the woman that God has called you to be. Proverbs 31 says, There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. You surpass them all. Honor your mother by telling them, by telling her how great she is. Because she's the only mama you probably will have. And you have surrogate mothers speaking to your life. Tell them how important they are. It means a lot. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time this morning. We thank you for all the mothers that are out there. Some today, they're at their wit's end. I pray for patience and courage and perseverance. I pray, Lord, that you will... Lift them up and let them know this too shall pass. And one day that very child that is driving to, the, the, to their wit's end and to the limit of their patience, Lord, let them know that that same child will bring them joy immeasurable. Help us, Lord, as we honor our mothers today, that we do it in the illumination of what is good and right and holy, as you have commanded us to do by honoring our mothers. Let us do it in obedience, with respect, with love, and honor. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. In closing, 
I did an interview with several mothers, and, and I asked them, I said, what is your greatest joy as a mom? And everyone, bar none, was to see uh, my children uh, develop and grow and discover things and grow and uh, mature and be the, com- be the kind of man and woman that God is wanting, wanting them to be. Bar none, every, every one of them said that. I said, what is your greatest challenge about being a mother? And their greatest challenge was basically them not measuring up to what they need to do. The same thing my mother said in the interview. She didn't have the answers, and she felt very insecure because she didn't have the answers. But God gave my mom the answers, and God will give you the answers as needed. You have to have faith and trust in Him. So please, make it a matter of prayer. Be faithful in it. God will give you the joy and the peace and the understanding to make the good and make the challenging bearable. This morning, if you've been blessed and you have an income, God has given us an instruction to bring our tithes into the storehouse. We want to challenge you today, if you would please give to the ministry here at Friendship. You can do that by simply going to the webpage, look on the give, uh, tap the give, and then go to the donate button. There's some drop-down tabs there for campus that you can give to. Please donate uh, that way. Give your tithes and offerings that way. Or you can go to your bank and go to bill pay, and you can list friendship out in the address. They will send us a check. doesn't cost you a thing to do. Or you can mail us a check, physical check, to our physical mailing address. These are three ways in these days and times that you can do this. Also, you can call and make arrangements, and we'll be glad to meet you at the church and receive your tithes and offerings there. We're blessed to be a blessing, and God has trusted us with provision that we may prove back to him that we're trustworthy. Be faithful in that. I hope you've had a great day. May you have an even wonderful, more wonderful afternoon in the week ahead as we honor our mothers, spend time with them, and enjoy them. And let them know that they matter. God bless you. Until we meet again, may you rest in the palm of his hands. God bless. Thanks for watching. We would love for you to connect with us online. On our website, you will find up-to-date information about everything happening around here. Look for us on Facebook and Instagram. And please, download our free app on your smartphone or tablet. We are so glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy your friendship experience.